What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford, and I'm so excited that you are here uh, with me today. <clears throat> um, today's going to be an exciting day. We've got a special guest on, but before we get to him, I want to make just a couple of introductory remarks. As always, um, this is episode number 19 um, for our fifth season, so we are winding down the season um, it's kind of crazy. We're already all the way through an entire season again, um, but we're certainly looking forward uh, to what we have to come over the summer and uh, what we have to come uh, just in upcoming season. So thank you so much for being with us uh, over this season. Maybe this is your first episode ever. Uh, that's okay. Uh, we've got a lot of content you can go back and listen to. Uh, as always, I'm excited to be a part of the Scattered to Ride Network. Um, if you have an opportunity, go to our website, scatteredtoride.org, and find out all the information there. You can also find um, whatever podcast platform you want to use, you can find us there. Just search Scattered Abroad Network Master Feed or search any of our specific podcasts and you can find whatever it is that you want to find there. So regardless of all that, thank you so much. I'm appreciative that you're with me today. We have been discussing this idea, this theme of what is Christian living or transformed into Christian living. And we're pulling all of this from our passage here in 2 Peter chapter 1. And it's certainly a beautiful passage to think about because there's so many characteristics, so many traits that you and I um, need to be working on to making sure that we are adding into our lives. And that's all that we've been talking about this specific season. Um, and last week, and then f- this week, and also for the next couple of episodes, just to close out our season, we have bringing we have been bringing in and will be bringing in guests on um, this podcast. I love having guests on the show. It gives you all an opportunity to listen to somebody other than just me the whole time. Um, and I know that's always good uh, for you. Um, and I'm excited to have on the show, and he's no stranger to the show, but I, I cannot remember actually if you've actually been on the show since the Transform Podcast has been on the network. So I don't know I don't if I don't so. I don't know if we have or not. But Jordan Pugh is back on the show. Um, I know before I joined the network, we did a lot of collabing together uh, with his podcast and my podcast. But man, it's great to have you back on the show today. Yeah, great to be back here uh, with you guys on the podcast. I know you guys are doing great work. Things are uh, things have grown, so that's really good. You know, people are being helped, so that's the goal. And um, thankful to be on uh, here with the podcast with you. Hopefully, we can uh, pull some stuff out from the text to help somebody else today. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's kind of crazy to think about it, isn't it? How like when we were we first recorded podcast together? What I don't know four years ago, probably. Um, And then here we are today, both in different locations, both still preaching, but doing it in different places, uh, both with podcasts that have gone in directions that we probably never thought they would be able to go, you know, Um, and here here we are today. So it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool to see that. Um, Jordan, introduce yourself to, we've got a lot of new, got new people on the, on listening and tuning in. So introduce yourself and kind of the, some of the, some of the work that's uh, in which you're involved. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jordan Pugh. Uh, I graduated with Caleb at the Memphis School of Preaching in 2017. Um, I'm now the minister and evangelist here at the West End Church of Christ here in St. Peter's, uh, Missouri. Been here for maybe five months now, so still kind of fresh, still kind of new. So, <laughs> And this is where Caleb's dad used to preach and Caleb used to go, so right. it kind of goes full circle. Um, but I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be uh, able to help here. So I've also got my own podcast um, entitled When the Scriptures Become Real. And again, you can find that on YouTube, and you can also find that anywhere you can get your podcast um, as well. And I have Caleb on on a few of those episodes, which we still have to finish a few (laughs) series that we've started. Um, But it's just been so great uh, podcasting and and helping people. So again, if you want to listen to another podcast, you can find that podcast anywhere you can get your podcast as well. 
Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, that <laughs> that series we started on Psalm 23, We were, I think we talked like, it was, oh, yeah, it'll be an hour or so, you know, yeah. and we'll be done. Yeah. And we got through like a verse and a half in an hour. <laughs> so we, we called it part one. <laughs> part one was like three years ago. <laughs> We got to finish that. We, we got to finish, finish that. But nonetheless, it's great to have you on the podcast, man. And it is kind of funny how, like you mentioned, and that's what, kind of what I was thinking. Everything has kind of come full circle with you um, being one of the ministers at West End where I grew up, where my dad preached and then moved on from. Um, it's just been, it's just kind of neat to see how that works, isn't it? It is pretty cool. Yeah. So awesome. Well, good deal. Well, let, let's dive into our podcast today. Um, our text for this entire season um, has been second Peter chapter one, um, really verses one through eight, but in context, you could take this through verses one through 11. Um, but certainly Peter is talking to Christians, giving them great life advice, so to speak, um, talking about so many things that they need to know, they need to understand. Um, and he's talking about all of these characteristics, right? The, these virtues, these graces that we might call them, um, that we need to add into our lives. So Jordan, when you look at a passage like this, second Peter chapter one, one through 11, what is a passage like this really mean to you as a Christian? Uh, you know, as a Christian personally, um, especially because of the author who wrote it, um, Peter being so he always had, um, the right intentions with things. I believe his heart was always in the right place with things, but the way and the mode in which he executed it wasn't always right. right. And so I can relate to that personally with Peter. And so you can see a man who was once so brash and so, uh, so quick to do things and quick to think and quick to make solutions, how he, you can see the calmness in Peter now. Yeah. Now he's telling other people, add to your faith these things that I didn't have. And so now as we grow, right, as we're growing together, it's kind of cool how this goes full circle for us as Christians is, you know, before, okay, I was a little brash, you know, did things quickly, did things without thinking as much, but now you learn, right? You grow and you transform. And as you transform, now you can teach because now you understand really what Jesus wanted him to know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's super neat that it's Peter, like you said, the one who is writing, because I have always said this, that Peter in my mind has been one of my favorite apostles to, to study to, um, from which to learn. And that's because like you said, he's so relatable. Um, yeah. And we look at apostles like Paul and these other individuals who were, did so many good things. You know, Paul was probably one of the greatest evangelists that our world has ever seen. Um, and yet when I look at Peter, Peter's so relatable to you and me, because like you said, sometimes he was rash or brash in his thinking and in the way he did things. Sometimes he um, just did things he shouldn't have done. Um, and you see that right? You, you see his mistakes, you see his flaws, but then you also see his maturity and his growth, right? From where he was when he first became an apostle called by Jesus Christ to walk with him. And then you see here towards the end of the end of the Bible, you see him, um, you know, stating all of these things. And I think it's interesting too, when you bring that point out, it makes more sense, at least in my mind, as to why Peter says, add to your faith, Right. He's insinuating. And this is what I touched on in our episode specifically about faith. Everything is built upon your faith. Right. There's this couldn't happen. Peter couldn't say add these virtues in you and I couldn't add these graces into our lives if there first wasn't a foundation of faith. And it's so cool too, Caleb, is when you look back like at Luke 22, 
in John 21, and we can go on and on about all these examples of when Peter fell, right? When right. he did, when he kind of bit off a little bit more than he could chew. A lot of the times when you look back at that, the things that he says to Jesus, he was the main character in it. So he would always say, I will never leave. I will never do that. I will never do this. I will always do that. So when you look at Peter, Peter believed, even though he loved Jesus, he believed the strength came from him. Right. But when you when you look at the text in, in 2 Peter now, look at how he transfers that I. So even in verse, um, like verse 3, according to his divine power. Right. Now, it's not it's not about me anymore. It's, it's right. his power now. Absolutely. You know, and he brings, if these things, verse 8, be in you and abound, they make you that you shall never be unfruitful in the knowledge of him, right. our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, Peter thought all this stuff, his knowledge, his his strength, everything was on him. But now the, the beautiful side of maturity for a Christian is it's not about me. It, everything I do always directs back to him now. That's how you can see, man, he grew. He's right. different. Absolutely. And I, and I think you can also see when you look at those couple of verses, you can see where his focus was, right? Like you said, his focus is transferring from himself, from his life to following Christ. Um, and you mm-hmm. see the maturity now because what is he talking about there at the, at the end of, of these, at, at the beginning really of setting the stage for these characteristics? You get there looking at verse verse four, he talks about what? Those great and those precious promises. And then he talks mm-hmm. about being able to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. He talks about there's something greater, there's something better. Um, and and it, it's it's a couple of, I guess my mind goes a couple of places. When I think about like the end of Second Peter chapter three, um, there in verse fourteen, he he talks about this idea of looking forward to something. Uh, that Greek word prostako, it's the idea of eagerly anticipating or eagerly awaiting something, right? And th- that's exactly what he's doing here. He's eagerly looking forward, looking ahead, knowing that there's something greater, there's something better that's going to come. Um, that's exactly the sentiment that Paul was offering, right? In Philippians chapter one, when he's talking about the fact that you know he wanted to go home. Right, he wanted to go be eternal rest with his father, but he knew that there was something that he still needed to accomplish for the good of Christ. But within that thought, he says, "I would love to go and be with my God, which is what, which is far better. I'd so much rather be there." Um, and he says, "That's when he, you know, the famous um, I'm in a straight betwixt two, which in the King James kind of that's kind of funny to to say it that way. But in other words, he's yeah. he's talking about the he's just in a hard place, right? He's kind of like between a rock and a hard place. We might say he doesn't really know where to go because he wants to go home. He wants to be with his father, but there's still more that he can accomplish. And that's kind of the same thought I feel like here. And here's something that's cold too, Caleb, is before the mindset of not only him, but also all the other disciples, they would always wonder amongst themselves, even in their own thoughts. Maybe they didn't say it out loud. But even their own thoughts, man, who's going to be greater mm, among all of right. us? So one of us has got to be greater because you can't have 12 people and one not elevated above the other. Sure. So, I mean, who's going to be greatest? So now if you look at what he says, now his mindset, even on his position in the kingdom changes. Because verse 11, if you do these things, right, verse 8, and you abound in them, right, you'll never be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But then in verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, here's what we're looking at here. And Matt and I are going to talk about this in our podcast pretty soon. But you think about Matthew chapter five. Everybody wanted this giant kingdom and everybody knew 
all right, this Messiah, he's going to be a warrior like, like Saul. You know, he's, he's going to be such a shepherd like David. He's going to lead us like Abraham. He's going to be this thing. And so he's going to take us from the Romans. Then Jesus comes on the scene, and now everybody knows this is the Messiah. He's on the mountain in Matthew chapter 5. And can you imagine what everybody's expecting him to say? <laughs> yeah. It's revolt. It's revenge time. Right. You've waited long enough. Your forefathers have waited long enough. I'm here, arm up. It's ready to go. And the first thing he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, mm-hmm. for theirs is the kingdom. So Peter always wanted to fight. But notice yeah, you what see that, you saying. see it in the garden, right? You see it in the garden. Yeah, let's cut off Malchus's ear. Right. So then in verse 11, now he sees in order to get into this kingdom, it's not about rank. It's not about who you are. It's not who you think you can become with him. It's who he is and how you can glorify him. So before Peter, everything was about how can I elevate me in some way? But now he's like, the way that you're elevated is you continuously decrease yourself. And think how that, if you're listening to an older Peter, how would that hit different coming from him? Mm, Yeah. Knowing that you denied him three times, you fell in the water when you said you could walk on water and he did for a little, all of these things. And Peter said, look, just listen, if you follow this way, this is how you become the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great thoughts, man. Great thoughts. As as we kind of transition to our, our second question here um jordan talk a little bit about and this is kind of the whole name of the podcast right talk about transforming okay talk about and this goes perfectly alongside this idea of living a christian life because as christians our lives are supposed to be different from the world right we can look at a a lot of passages like uh, first peter chapter 2 and verse 9 um we can look at romans chapter 12 1 and 2 and other places that talk about this idea of being different we are the called out that's the greek word ecclesia we are the church we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light first peter 2 and verse 9 so talk a little bit about that jordan and why i guess transforming is so important and how our lives are supposed to look different from the world around us Man, it's it's such a beautiful word to transform. Just my initial thoughts when I think of that, you know, I think of um, just kind of how a, a butterfly transforms, mm-hmm. right? It could it's from one form, the same thing turns into something totally different. You wouldn't recognize it, right? So right. what are we, when we think about transform, obviously you can go to Romans mm-hmm. chapter 12. I mean, that's there. We're, we're supposed to transform and not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So I think one of the important questions for us to ask ourselves, Caleb, is specifically, though, what are we transforming? How are we becoming different? What's the thing that's going to make me different? Right. And so, you know, I think about um, John chapter 13 or John chapter 15, when Jesus is explaining that he's the vine and the father is the husbandman. And all these things that Jesus is explaining to the disciples before, um, before he goes to the cross but here's what's being changed. Here's the mindset that's being changed that I think we can overlook. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love, right? Even as I kept my father's commandment and abide in his love, these things I've spoken unto you that your joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. This is my commandment now that you love one another as I have loved you. So before, here's, what the, here's the mindset change, Caleb. The mindset changes before you love your neighbor as yourself. So somehow you're your standard. But how, how am I transforming in Christ now? Now you love as I have loved you. The right. measure of love changed. So that's the transformation process. Before, somehow it was all about me somehow. 
But now as you grow and mature, just like Peter did, it's really not about me like mm-hmm. I thought it was. Yeah, It's all about his love and showing his love to others. Now, Peter started to realize before I didn't show love to my fellow disciples. I didn't show love to God because I denied him. But now as a Christian, now I've transformed and show love to the people I need to show love to. Right. That's how we transform. Sure. Absolutely. It's the love <clears throat> and, and it's interesting too, when you, when you go back to Romans 12 and verse two, he says, be transformed. Paul speaking by what? By the renewing of your mind. It all Change begins with your thought process. Doesn't it all begins yeah, uh, as to how you view God and how you view others and how you try to understand what it is that God has done for us. All right. Romans chapter five, we talked about that love Romans five, the, the fact that, that God, though we were still sinners, demonstrated his love, um, right? You, you look at Second Peter 3 and verse 9, talking about his long-suffering, his macrothemia in, in the Greek, the, the idea that he is willing to suffer long, to, to wait on us, to get it through our stubborn, thick heads sometimes that we need <laughs> to turn our lives over to God. And that's a difficult, I guess, thought process for, for humans sometimes. But when it boils down to understanding what God has done for us, you know, the, the love that he showed for us on a daily basis and, um, the forgiveness that we can have. Um, it's just, it, it, when you, when you begin to understand what God's done for you, it's amazing how easy it, it is, right. To, to live your life wow. for him. It changes it for sure. And, yeah. and what, what that does to Caleb is like you said, number one, it, it explains more the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. man, I don't deserve this of, of all the mistakes right. of all the, the immature times of all the times I didn't love correctly all the times. So you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. But his long suffering, it's hard to understand that he still gives it. Yeah. So now he asked me, even though the mistakes were there, the sin was there. Now he asks, I just want you to transform into what I'm doing for you. Right. Right. And yeah. that takes time. That takes going through some stuff. Right. That takes failing at stuff. That takes not being the right person that you should have been. I mean, that takes a lot of, um, and we're going to hit this, but it takes a lot of self-examination to see, man, okay, now I haven't done right. Now it's time to start doing right. It, right. it kind of, when you see first Peter and second Peter, Peter's the same guy, but even just aesthetically, Caleb, when you read it, it's more of just a calmer, mature person. Mm-hmm. He's the same guy, same passions, but because Christ's love constrained him, as Paul says, he changes, he transforms. He's a totally different person now. Well, and, and like you mentioned a second ago, it's it, it's a process, right? It's not something that just happens at the snap of a fing- your fingers, right? And that that's how I began this entire season. I talked about how when you look at these these characteristics, the, these these Christian graces that we call them, it's not something that you can just wake up and immediately have all of these instilled within you, right? It, it's something that's a process, and each of these will individually mature as you mature too, right? It, right. It's, right. Uh, each one of these is their own separate you know, thing. And you, you grow them and you work on them, you improve them, um, as you go forward. Um, and certainly some, some good thoughts there about this idea of, uh, of transforming. Let me ask you this, Jordan, as you live a Christian life, it's important to look within yourself to make sure that you are, um, continuing to do the right thing. You're continuing to look at these things that Peter's writing for us here and making sure that, that you are doing them the way that God would have you to do. How important is it to continually self-analyze your own life? Ooh, man, that it's, uh, it's so huge, but it's so hard. You know, it sure. sounds so easy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, everybody would agree, you know, everybody would amen that, you know, we should self-examine, right. But to really sit and self-examine, you're thinking about things you don't want to think about, right? You're thinking about times you don't want to think about. You're thinking about actions you don't want to think about. But in order to to self-examine that word that Paul tells Timothy, it means to self-scrutinize, sure. not in a demeaning manner, but just, okay, what can I have done better? How right. can I have improved? Where could I have changed? How could I have said things differently? How could I show the love of Christ differently? So, but it's hard, Caleb, to see yourself as a villain in your own story. Mm. You know, a, a lot of times we want to see ourselves as the hero. We always made the right choices. It was always everybody else's fault. But you have to see yourself sometimes, I didn't do it right. So now when you look at Peter, right, even in Luke chapter 22, how Jesus told him, look, I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to deny me. Uh, I'll pray for you. I am praying for you. Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But after you're converted, imagine the teacher you're going to be to your brethren to teach them. So now, you know, the the mountains and and the valleys that you've fallen in, you can teach someone else so that they won't fall in those same valleys. But in order to even get to that point, Caleb, like you said, you got to take the time and it's the necessary. And I know it's hard guys. It it is, but you have to take the necessary time to really sit, meditate, pray and think, okay, I need to improve. I need to get better. Right. Yeah. It's, and like you said, it's, it's not easy. Again, going back to this idea, the the process, you know, you got to trust the process as we say. Um, Mm -hmm. And, it's something that's going to come with a lot of bruises, a lot of bumps. What'd you say? Roll Tide. Trust the process. <laughs> yeah, you guys went through a lot of bumps and bruises this year, didn't you? I had to do it. You know, it's I had funny. To do it. I was preaching the other day. At the time of this recording, I was preaching, uh, preached the two days before. Um, and I was talking about expectations, basically. And I, I started out by saying, if you're an Alabama fan, you have expectations to go undefeated and hoist the trophy every single year. And this year, your expectations just weren't met. I said, but that's just life. That's just how it goes. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we've talked about it. it it's, it's a process. It, it's hard. It's not easy. Um, but we have, there's so many, I guess, ideas that come along with this idea of self-analyzing, right? You have to be able to do it in the right way um, with, the right, with the right mindset. A couple of passages come to mind. I think about in James chapter 1, talking about, the Bible is a mirror, right? And it shows you your flaws. Uh, when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, your mirror is never going to lie to you, right? The only thing, person that's going to lie or be dishonest is the one looking into the mirror saying, oh, you know, my hair doesn't look like that or, I, or you know, whatever, whatever it is that you, that, you, that you think. You have to be a willing to see the brutal, honest truth from a mirror. And the same is with, with the scriptures. The scriptures are going to be brutally honest to you every single time you open them up. And you should see yourself if you are truly studying the word the way that you should. You're going to see yourself and you're going to see your flaws. You're going to see your mistakes. But there's a whole process that begins when that happens. And that takes me to passages like Revelation chapter 3, when you look at the the final church that uh, that ha- is having a letter written to them, that church at Laodicea, right? And they thought that they were perfect. They didn't think they had any flaws. They didn't think they had any mistakes. They thought they were just fine. And in fact, um, the Bible says there in, in Revelation chapter 3, um, let me see if I can find, lost it here. Let's see. Here we go. He says, um, this is what they say about themselves. They're in verse 17. They say, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I'm need of nothing. 
Um, they think they're great, right? They think they're perfect. But Jesus analyzes him, them, and what does he say at the, at the end of that verse? He says, do you not know that you're actually wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? So I think in, and I, I think when you look at this idea of self-analyzing, we need to make sure that we self-analyze, but that we do it the way that Christ would analyze us, if that makes sense, right? You be willing yes. to do the analyzation, but do it w- with the guidelines and the method that Jesus has prescribed for us. And we see that within the scriptures. You see that in passages like, um, you know, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, talking about the fruit of the spirit or Second Peter, you know, 1 three through eight and talking or, or five, five through eight, talking about all of these Christian graces or um, Philippians four and verse eight, talking about the things on which we as Christians are to dwell on. You know, that's our method right there. That's, that's, those are the guidelines by which we analyze ourselves. Um, and if we do it in that way, then we're not going to come away. If we're honest with ourselves, we're not going to come away right. thinking like that we are the way the church at Laodicea thought that they were. Mm-hmm. And, and I think about even in the old Testament, I think about, uh, even in Haggai, I know that's a book we don't go to as much, right. but I mean, it, it is packed. Yeah, I mean, that book, book is packed with things. It's beautiful. But I mean, the way that um, the Lord speaks through Haggai about the temple uh, that they're building, um, because it didn't look like the first one. And he said, look what you're doing. He said, consider your ways, you know, verse five, consider your ways. It shows up six or seven times throughout that text. Just consider your ways. And that's what, that's what the Lord wants us to do. It's not a it's not a demeaning yourself and just throwing yourself under the bus. It's just consider how you're walking. Right. Consider how you're loving. Consider how you're um, how you're showing who I am through you. Just consider it. Right. And if the way that you're doing it isn't the way that he prescribed, all right, it's time to switch things up a little bit. Sure. Absolutely. And Peter saw that. You know, okay, I got to consider. Before I had the right intentions, I just didn't do it right. Now it's time to do it right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Let me ask you this, Jordan. We talking about Christians, right? And you and I as Christians talking about how to how to look at our lives, how to make sure that we are living a Christian life and how important that is to us. But how do you, some people, I guess don't, some people lose sight of that, okay? And there's going to be some people, and we all, we know of people like that um, who have, um, who ha- have put Christ on in baptism. They've answered the gospel call. They've submitted their lives to, to Jesus and, and to God and to doing, you know, what the Godhead wants them to do but sometimes they lose sight of that, right? So how do you approach someone? And I think this is this is kind of a this is a big change of gears here. How do you approach someone, a Christian, who isn't living the life of a Christian, who has lost sight of what living like a Christian really means? Because when you think about that question, there's so much thought, so much love, so much passion behind being a Christian. So how do you approach someone who's lost that? You know, I, I think about... Um, Luke 15, you know, with the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about it, though, just from the father's perspective, right, from the beginning to the end, just from his. And, you know, you see a son that you, I mean, everything is there. You know, and again, like you said, people, everything was there. And for some reason, okay, they're gone. So now what did the father do? You know, a lot of times, man, um, what I'm learning to do is I felt like before, I would have to have the right answers. I would have to say the right thing. I would have to plan the right scenario for, all right, they'll be here at this time. So we need to be here. And then, then we'll get together. It just doesn't, it's too much. It's too many unknown variables. And then you're putting it all on you and it doesn't work. Everything blows up. Sure. 
So, you know, obviously I think of John 15 where Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So I think we need to come into these situations. And I know it doesn't seem like from our human eyes that we're doing much when we do this, but we're, we're doing what we need to. You know, obviously I believe with, with those that have fallen like this, I believe the father, his prayers for his son, when he left were so fervent, man, I can't even describe what those prayers were. Sure. And I think, I think what we tend to do, myself included, when we know that, that these people are gone, it's very easy to sit amongst ourselves and just say why they're gone. Oh, how come they're gone? Why didn't they? Why? I mean, you can have a three hour conversation over and over, but which one of us is going to go pursue? Sure. You know, which one of us is going to go fervently pray all the time? You know, which one of us is going to ask God to humble us mm-hmm. and use us to go get them back? Right. You know, I think about Luke 15, he talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. You know, that shepherd, he took that sheep and put it on his back. You know, how many other Christians have we put on our backs? Mm. All of it goes back to the love of God. A lot of times, um, you know, we find ourselves in situations where we're, we're judge, jury, and executioner mm. on everybody's situation. But when we, when we look at the love of God, yes, does there need to be reproof? Yes. Does there need to be a rebuke? Yes. But where is the where is the love that God had for us for them? Right. It needs it always needs to start there. Right. Everything else will come. You know that rebuke, that love, that that happens because that's natural. But the the love has to be the right motivation. If that's not the right motivation, even if we would get them back, it's going to be a band aid. It's not going to be a full healing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to, and I think that's the biggest thing when you approach someone who is not doing what they're supposed to be doing it's a tricky situation you have to be able to have the right attitude the right love right ephesians 4 15 paul said speak the truth in love um and first corinthians 13 you can talk about you can do all these great things but if you don't have the right motivation behind it the right love um then it does you no good um we have to be willing to um look at somebody and i guess understand how how quickly it could take for us to be in that position too you know what i'm saying like if we're not careful i mean if we're not careful in living that kind of life that could be us and at times it probably at times it has been us where we've needed that rebuke right um so it should never be this idea of you know i'm going to come to you and and tell you all the wrong you're doing because that's going to make me feel better about the good that i'm doing that's never how it should be in fact it should have nothing to do with us right it should always be about the person that we're trying to help um you know, push back to Christ. And that's the only thing it should be about because it, our, our lives should be concerned about the souls of those around us. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just think that's, that's a hard concept. Uh, sometimes I think to grasp. And here's another, here's another example. Since Peter was our main one before, think about this, man. So Luke 22, Jesus said, you're going to deny me later on. Peter denies Jesus. After he denies him, he preaches, uh, the sermon in, in Acts chapter two. 3,000 are saved. Great. I mean, Peter, you get growth, 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 right? Then we find ourselves in Acts 10. Peter, I want you to go to Cornelius. No, I'm not doing it. Three times. So in that instance, wait a second, you've been growing, you've been doing all this, you tell me no? Oh, no, I'm done with you. I'm done with you now. Yeah, you were converted, but you know what? You're, you're going off the deep end. Mm-hmm. You're, you're so left field now. See, what if what if God had the same attitude that we had? And so here's why, here's why people like, um, 
like like Demas, like others, this is why they don't come back. Because they know even if they did, they would face that attitude. So I think about the, the older brother in Luke 15. So why would why would anyone want to come home right. to brothers like that? Right. Even even if it's the right place to be, literally, even if it's the best place for them to be, why would you want to come home to the brethren like that? Right. So again, Luke 15 is so integral because obviously there's there's undertones with that, with the Jews and Gentiles. We understand that. There's undertones. But just the principle of things from the text, the father said, look, we should be celebrating that they're back because every time you fail, I celebrate. Right. So when they come back, oh, well, let's see how long they last this time. Right. Well, let's see how long they, you know, we accept people, and I've done this too, and, and again, it's a part of growth, but we accept people with the wrong attitude rather than the, with the right one. And sure. so it, it matters how we get them, but it also matters how we keep them. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, there's so much involved in, in, you know, trying to bring someone back to Christ. Um, and, and a big part of that is us. Yes. It, it's on them to make the decision, but you got to give them the right kind of, you know, surrounding and area and foundation for all of that. Um, and that's just, that's just so important. Um, Jordan, let's close out this podcast by asking this question. What are some things that you and I can do better, um, to live our lives with Christ in mind as a first priority, what can, what can I do better to live my life for him? Oh, man. Um, Everything, right? So, every, <laughs> so I can't speak for everyone else, but here's where here's where the last couple of years, probably five, six years have brought me. Uh-huh. Is, uh, it all led back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Um, I think it all comes down to asking the Lord to humble you, to, to make me poor in spirit, to make me so destitute, um, to know that I can't do this on my own. I can't do it off of my own strength or who I know. Or, I mean, I just can't, um, allow me to be so humble, uh, that you can use me in your service. Now, do I fail at that? Yes. You know, as we all do, but it's interesting how you can't do Matthew five, four through 12 without verse three. Sure. So if you're not poor in spirit, there's no way you can be meek. If you're not poor in spirit, you're not going to mourn your sins. You're always going to put it on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it goes on and on and on. So everything starts with the, with the with poor in spirit. And I think about John 13, how when Jesus was washing their feet, and as Jesus was washing their feet, Peter again, <laughs> Peter said, nope, can't do it. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you wash my feet. And then Jesus said, if you don't let me do this, you have no part in me. Right. So why, why say that though? Why, why Jesus say you have no part in me? Because if you don't let me serve and show you how to serve, you won't know how to be like me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about humility. And, and again, it's a journey. It's a journey for sure. Cause you see yourself in instances where you weren't, but it's a journey to start in Matthew chapter five, verse three. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like we've talked about this whole time, it's a process. It takes time. Uh, but it takes diligence too, right? It takes hard work. It okay. takes effort. Um, it takes you be, being willing to put your foot forward um, and to understand that there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be difficulties, but that all of that is worth it because of our goal that is heaven, uh, where one day we don't have to worry about any of these things uh, anymore. Jordan, man, I appreciate the discussion. It's been a joy having you on. I always enjoy having you on. We haven't been on a podcast in you know, a couple of years, but it feels like we, we do this. It feels like we do this every day though. Um, you know, yeah. so it's, it's always good to have you on the podcast, man. I appreciate you taking some time.
Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me here. This is great. Again, hopefully I can be on again and you can be with me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, for all of you who are listening, thank you so much uh, for listening to this particular episode here uh, on the Transform Podcast as a part of the Scattered Run Network. As always, you can go to our website, check everything out there, go to whatever podcast platform uh, you want to find us there. Please give us a rating or review. Certainly that would help us. Grateful that you're with us. Looking forward to having you all back with me next week. Thank you so much and God bless.